0: You're listening to Out of Nowhere, a series featuring emergent brands with somewhat unexpected origins. Your host is Justin Watkins of Native Digital, a marketing firm specializing in brand messaging and performance media. Let's jump in.
1: Having spent my, let's say, last 10 years before entering in the energy storage market, into geothermal, I, I really uh, experienced, uh, uh, let's say, a lack of market in the geothermal. And I also experienced the need of baseload dispatchable on-demand renewables. So I was very much uh, in the geothermal market, which is a kind of energy which is dispatchable on-demand. We were pushing with my previous company on this uh, uh, concept because that is what we need so humanity needs dispatchable on demand let's say green electricity but uh, on the other side the geothermal market was very much constrained uh, by the the difficulties in geothermal the difficulties in developing s- such a long project uh, and difficult underground with geological risk. And so i i saw uh let's say that the i felt the the need of solar and wind to become dispatchable so i felt very much indeed that the need of long duration energy storage for time shifting for, for daily shifting that kind of storage but at the same time at the point in time where i decided definitely this is the is the, the direction where i want to go is when i also recognized that uh, there was a big opportunity beyond this uh, this need. For
0: you personally, what um, what was probably one of the most difficult parts of that those early days or that just to making that decision? Was there anything if you kind of go back in time and think through that? You know, what were you weighing there before Energy Dome became an official thing? What were what was kind of the things that you were thinking through? I. Uh-
1: quite frankly, it's been quite fast because I remember that I got the idea that I was on the train back from Zurich to Milan. And, you know, the idea come in a while, obviously, after a lot of uh, studying, a lot of uh, deep diving into into the matter. But, you know, I got the idea after I got the idea just a month, just a couple of days to make the calculation and validate the idea because, you know, Basically, you know, as a background, I'm an engineer. And I like to make a calculation. I like to make, uh, uh, let's say, to challenge myself when I have an idea. I think that the best way to challenge an idea, to, to, to verify is an, if an idea is good or not, is to challenge that idea. And uh, so I did it in the, in the next couple of days. And after that... Uh, uh, I just went uh, uh, straight to write the patent and to file the patent. So the next month, I just uh, worked very hard to to prepare the, the, the patent application and to file that. So, and uh, in the in the next month, I I went through some more detailed activities uh, in terms of. Uh, uh, deep dive into the technical side and commercial side. Meanwhile, I was exiting my previous company. And then I, as usual, you know, I had the challenge to put together the founding team in order to prepare, let's say, the launch of the operation of the company, which happened, in the, let's say, a few months uh, later.
0: You make it sound so easy, and I suspect it wasn't that easy. Uh, it's it's just in your playback that maybe it seems like that. Were, were there conversations that you had early on where the people would say, you're crazy, like, this is going to require too much capital, or this isn't possible, or I don't know if I agree um, with your figures? No, what that, was, that,
1: it? was not, that was not difficult, quite frankly, mm. because uh, I, I didn't care about that. It was, you know, I'm, you know to me, it was just uh, straightforward, you know. Mm. It was sure, you know. Again, you know, when I say, I spent I spent the first few days to challenge my idea, but really sure. to challenge in a very uh, let's say deep way. So normally I'm challenging my ideas very uh, uh, very strongly, but after that, you know I, I didn't care you know many you know, in many cases i uh, I heard people saying. Uh, Maybe not you are crazy, but uh, uh, let's say, you know, that that feeling when, when you feel that, uh, let's say, the, the, the person you are talking with uh, is uh, is really, you know, being polite, but uh, really, say, uh, uh, y- 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 you feel that uh, is thinking that, uh, you know, you are crazy. And, uh, but, uh, uh, again, you know, I, I really am honest on that. I'm... Uh, uh, I'm a technical guy. I'm an engineer. Uh, I feel that uh, innovation in deep tech, art tech, uh, is very much about uh, a deep knowledge of what you do. So you, you cannot innovate in a, you know, in that uh, matter if you don't know things uh, really deep. So knowledge is the is the real foundation any in innovation so i keep studying i keep let's say learning yeah that is my is my passion you know i like to learn i like to study but uh, after i got the idea and i challenged the idea you know i had not one single doubt about the feasibility and the competitiveness of the idea obviously a lot of doubt about uh, you know all the other stuff Putting together the the company, the people, uh, putting together the team, uh, and uh, uh, finding the right investors. Uh, I'm not that. uh, I feel, let's say, that uh, uh, I'm much stronger on the technical side than on the on the other stuff. But uh, uh, no doubt about, let's say, the concept and the technology.
0: That's great. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying like, I was critical enough of the my own idea that I'm the one who challenged it more so than anybody else. And occasionally you'd meet people who maybe didn't quite see the vision that you saw. But obviously, you have met people who share that vision. They've joined along with you, uh, either on the team or partnering with you. What was it in the early days, and maybe even still today, where people say, "Yeah, oh, this, is, this is exciting. I, I really see what you're doing here. I see the benefit what 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 do you hear from people when they when they join on?
1: You know early days I spent much time to let's say to discuss and challenge each other with let's say my colleagues and the founding team. I think that it is very important to have people together uh, technical wise at least that is is very deep in some uh, let's say, uh, specific uh, technology or matter or disciplines and uh, challenge each other in order to be sure that uh, uh, you you don't make mistake because normally the mistakes you do are the things that uh, you forget. You know, if you mm-hmm. face a problem and if you are fair enough... Uh, and honest enough to challenge yourself, you you understand quite easily if you're doing the, the, the right things or the wrong things. Uh, normally, you make mistake on assumptions or on uh, let's say forgetting something. So my 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 big worries has always been, let's say the. I always was, let's say, uh, I mean, um, asking myself uh, if if I was forgetting something. That has been my... Talking uh, uh, externally to external people, I have always been very much, uh, let's say, taking care of communicating the concept in the right way, but quite frankly, not very much... uh, uh, expecting those people to challenge myself uh, because, uh, again, in order to challenge, uh, I cannot challenge a lithium-ion batteries producer because I'm not deep enough in that technology. So, uh, obviously, if, if uh, I met someone very deep in process engineering and uh, power plant engineering, uh, I was taking care very deeply about any kind of, uh, of consideration. but quite frankly, I never got uh, um, let's say all the people working in the oil and gas industries. And uh, in the power plant industries the only one challenge that have been able to move uh, has been regarding the domes, which is the only component uh, which they have not experienced into that. But I also had experience in the biogas industry because I founded SebiGas back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and uh, talking to people having experience in biogas industry, for them, the double membrane gas holder used for dom was just an obvious, an obvious, uh, let's say, solution. So uh, again, you know, no, really, you know, it, it has been uh, a straightforward. Uh, itinerary, you know, from that perspective.
0: Yeah. When you talk with somebody who's outside the industry and they want to understand the impact that you're trying to make and why this is important for humanity, I mean, energy is an important topic right now and and there's a lot of progress we can make and there's obviously innovation that your team is bringing. How do you explain it in terms where the average person says, oh, wow, I understand, I get that. I see why that's so important.
1: Yeah, I think that it's getting easier and easier because uh, uh, also the normal people uh, is more and more understanding uh, uh, about uh, the the energy. They understand that they have to charge their, uh, let's say, electrical car. Uh, Many people have solar PV plant on top, uh, on the roof of their house. So people understand that they can install a battery and so they—they they really the concept of daily shifting and time shifting is something that is really uh, becoming more and more uh, easier to be understood. Obviously, uh, sometimes uh, facing this discussion, uh, we are, say receiving some challenge. For example, people ask, "Yes, but why not to use uh, hydrogen?" Uh, and uh, this is uh, something that we always explain. So it doesn't, it does not make sense uh, to produce hydrogen at, uh, uh, at midday and burn the same hydrogen overnight the same day because it is a very inefficient process. So we have to 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 enter into the let's say explanation of the difference between our technology and the other technology. But uh, the existence of the issue, so the need of time-shifting, uh, of daily storage, uh, is something that uh, is becoming more and more straightforward to be explained, uh, even to normal people, that does not work uh, into, into this uh, sector.
0: Is it helpful for your team, for everyday people, residents, citizens, to to understand that, or is it unnecessary? It's just, it's something that people have more awareness on. I mean, does that help with funding, with talent recruitment, with conversations with different partners? Is it helpful?
1: My opinion is very fundamental that the people understand this because uh, all those uh, infrastructure that we need to produce dispatchable on-demand electricity are very much distributed on the territory and we cannot suffer of NIMBY effect. So people has to accept large solar plant to be deployed. People accept wind turbine. And that was not the case 10 years ago, but when I go back home and I speak with my child, they accept much more than older people accept. So it is important that to, which is the reason to install those kind of uh, asset, which is, which matter. So for the new generation, it matter to be, uh, let's say, to make something to save the planet. So that is very important. And if this result in the fact that we have to change some uh, uh, background by having more wind turbine. So it is very important to, to understand that in order to, to have access to solar and wind, to dispatchable solar and wind, maybe we will need to see some dome around. And that is important. And then people accept. The import, we, we have not to try to, to put the dome in an area where people do not see the dome. So they just need to accept, like in the wind turbine, this was not acceptable 20 years ago. It was acceptable just in few places 10 years ago. It's going to be more and more acceptable today because it's something that is necessary and is good for the transition.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I I think the more people have awareness of this, uh, the easier things can get passed, things can be accepted. People can ask for it, demand for it. Uh, I do think there's an importance, but it can be complicated. Uh, There's a lot of nuances to this and people you know, they don't have much motivation to take time to research it. And that's one of the reasons why we have conversations like this is that they, they overhear these types of conversations and, and, and understand it. Are there still misconceptions? You talked about the hydrogen question that you get from time to time. Are there other misconceptions that you run into, whether it's with funders or with partners or government or any utilities that you say, I, I wish that misconception could be cleared up.
1: The, the one about hydrogen to me is the is the most relevant because uh, I feel that hydrogen is very important in the in the mix for energy storage, but uh, is the most important, let's say uh, storage uh, I mean uh, technology, mainly for seasonal storage and uh, also in order let's say to decarbonize. Uh, the, the the very energy intensive industry which cannot be decarbonized in another way so uh, hydrogen uh, is the is the solution that uh, most of the people see potentially like the only one solution but uh, th- that is really very much misleading uh, and uh, hydrogen alone cannot bring uh, to uh I mean uh, to a decarbonization so uh, then on the other on the other technologies like batteries, uh, uh, there is a, someone which asks why we really need something different from lithium-ion batteries. But that is a very, let's say um, mm, you know the answer is very easy because lithium-ion batteries cost too much and are not effective. So the transition is maybe, uh, uh, is not possible also because there is not enough lithium available for all the industry which compete in, uh, in automotive, uh, other industries need a lot of lithium. So lithium-ion batteries cannot be available for everyone, and um, also cause a lot of uh, geopolitical uh, issue. So this is uh, this uh, is another. Is another point. Yeah. But uh, uh, so our uh, way to store energy and our sector, the so-called long-duration energy storage market, uh, is the most obvious. So is the is the one that uh, it is very easy, as I said at the beginning, to be explained because everyone understands that we need to store solar power to use that electricity. Uh, after sunset the the problem is how how we can make that competitive how we can make this without introducing other geopolitical issues because if we in order to solve that issue we need all the lithium which is uh, in the in the in the salty lake in the north of argentina or in China, we, you know, are facing very hard time in order to to, to survive with an economy which depend from states, which is not easy to to, to to deal with. So this is is very very important. And what we try also to explain to the people is that the transition, uh, yes, is needed. But what we need is a just a transition. It's not uh, only a transition. So yes, we need to decarbonize the, the planet, but we cannot decarbonize the planet by introducing other uh, geopolitical problems that will conditionate our, let's say, uh, political future in the next uh, in the next years. So, so what we need to try to make this transition fast and smooth and even introducing some circularity into the economy. So we need the same skills that maybe now work for the oil industry to be converted into the new green industry and with our technology that is definitely possible so that is one of the beauty of our technology because we make uh, uh, we have invented a new product a new utility scale product which is the co2 battery which works and is built only with off-the-shelf component which can be produced in the us in europe and can be operated by the same people which uh, is used to operate power plants uh, or other technology which supplied the electricity to us in the next, in the last one hundred years.
0: It's one thing that's fascinating about these discussions especially in clean tech is that it's a complex problem and it's an important problem and there's so many dimensions to be considered and so many externalities to every solution. Um We can we can do a podcast and talk to a group and someone else can say, that's really fascinating. uh, But this thing or this thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. You're talking about the geopolitical aspect of that. Sometimes that gets missed, I think, in some of these conversations because we're so obsessed with an innovation. But you have to think about time. You have to think about investment, people's jobs, geopolitics. There's so much to be considered. So when you have a solution that checks a lot of those boxes, I'm sure a lot of people are listening because they're like, we have we found this, but it does this. We found this, but it does this. And so it requires an engineering mindset to think through all of those different facets, um, I think, who can just really think in systems and how that gets applied and how it gets implemented. So I appreciate that. I think that's really fascinating. I can see why people are, um, I see why you get so much support uh, for what you've been doing over the past four or five years. What's been the most rewarding part for you personally?
1: You know, for me and the team is really uh, so we. You know, we we like the big challenges. So we like the big challenges. So we are we are really thinking big. So we are really thinking that uh, this can be the solution that can really impact uh, into the into the transition. And uh, uh, we sometimes we fear that maybe we are too slow we We had a lot of fear maybe in the last couple of years because from our Italian corner it has not been that easy to 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 start up the company and to grow. We got valuation that in our mind were by far lower than our competition in the u s that was a bit frustrating but uh, at the end. Uh, you know, we are also very uh, proud that we did it because here in Italy, uh, I have to, you know, the venture capital exists, uh, you know, started to exist a uh, few years ago. And uh, venture capitalism of this size that we need to start and grow a deep tech, hard tech uh, company, we have we a bit, let's say, uh, yeah. Just front runner in this in this sector, so we are very proud of this. We are very proud that we uh, now are going to be recognized as one of the uh, company that uh, you know really um, deliver what promised. That is very important for us. So we try to be very uh, not dreaming. Not saying that our pipeline will be x dozens of gigawatt in the next few days, we make a step-by-step approach. But now, after three years, we can say that our technology is fully risked, is ready to go to market. Now we need to start the financial engineering, how to grow, how to, how to grow and become global and big and very impactful in the market very fast. So if you ask me, you know, what would make me proud, uh, I think that uh, we have been able to try to reinvent something which was not obvious. So we always challenge everything. If you make if you make me the question, you know, is the wheel, uh, you know, as a will to be around, I, I take some time, you know, before to, to answer, you know, not necessarily, you know, let's think about, you know, maybe there is... Uh, another way to make it better. So we we never say no to, to, to a big challenge. And we have been able to, to, to challenge, in my opinion, you know, uh, something big uh, from uh, quite a difficult uh, geographical corner. And now we feel that uh, we are getting more and more, uh, I mean... Uh, visible also from the US and from other perspective. And this is really something which makes us uh, really proud. Now we need to grow grow very fast. And we obviously have some concern about that because uh, uh, the market is really potentially very big. And uh, uh, we need to to position ourselves as fast as we can. But uh, first of all, never say something which we cannot uh, uh, really uh, deliver. So never promise what we cannot deliver. Obviously, on the other side, let's always be, let's say, on the offensive side. Let's always try to make it better, faster, but real, realistic.
0: everyone, we've learned a lot from this podcast series and we put the good stuff in a handful of PDF frameworks. It's topics like messaging, channel strategy, and market fit. You can grab them at nativedigital.com slash resources.